Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad you could join us live today. Today's date is May 31st in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so of course we do welcome your questions and your comments. And um, we have a special guest today. His name is William V. Taylor Jr. He had joined the Marines and was attached to a unique new unit designed to surprise the North Vietnamese Army. Bill was wounded three times in the ensuing battles. The battalion earned two presidential unit citations for the heroic battles they fought. He has documented the battles, and it has taken Bill years of writing, rewriting, and editing to finish his incredible journey he titled On Full Automatic, Surviving 13 Months in Vietnam. This brother in Christ is here to share his journey with us, but first I would like to open up with our usual uptime panel, and we do welcome back, of course, Brother Joe, Brother Kevin, Brother Robert, and Brother Bob. Gentlemen, Welcome back. Back, Thank as you. always. Great to have you. Uh, of course, uh, this is the verse of the day uh, from Bible Gateway. And uh, yes, it's First Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 That sounds like uh, a good one to me. <laughs> sounds like a good one to me. So uh, anyway, that's coming from Bible Gateway, BibleGateway.com. Uh, we don't get any, any funding from them. We do not sponsor BibleGateway.com. We do use Bible, BibleGateway.com, though, for uptime. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, let, let's have uh, Bob introduce our guest, <laughs> because I did a short introduction, but you know Bob, pretty, uh, Bill, pretty well, don't you? Yes, uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, we moved a few years ago. And uh, some people don't realize that the background of my videos changed. <laughs> That's because we moved. And the Lord led me to this home that we are in now. And turns out we are surrounded by great neighbors or believers. And I met Bill the very first day. He was standing in my backyard greeting my family before I walked out. <laughs> very first day when we took control of the house. And this is back in 2019. And as soon as I met Bill, man, there was something about that man that just, uh, I knew he was a believer right away. I always tell him when I meet somebody, it's filled with the Holy Spirit. And as soon as I met him, there was a power about him that I knew that it could only have been the Holy Spirit. There's, a, there's this love about him, sincerity about him, a strength about him. And I didn't understand it completely at first, but the more I learned about him, it turns out that he was an incredible war hero from Vietnam and uh, <clears throat> he's told me some stories about you know what he went through some hours and hours of stories about what he went through and uh, of course he was also working on his book that he just published I got my copy right here on full automatic and uh, you can find it on Amazon all right recommend going over there to get it we'll be talking about it today but um, 
Um, all I say about this book, he really, really, he has an ability of writing that really puts you in the situation. And I was, uh, I was actually, as I was reading through, I became kind of uneasy a little bit. You know, it's just so realistic. He just, he has that ability when he writes to actually kind of put you in a situation like what he was talking about, uh, just going to Vietnam where he was, you know, going up and down the ship and he, he got away from everybody because it smelled like puke everywhere. And he got to this door, he opened up this door and he had the salt water hitting him in the face. He was going to all the details about that. He saw a ship over in a distance going alongside them and going up and down these waves. He was just so detailed in his book but enough about that um man come to find out like like i say he's a believer believer in jesus christ and uh he's just been a blessing to my family absolute blessing i'm very fortunate to have him like stones throw away from me right now (laughs) but his name is bill taylor i call him bill the book says william of course i call him bill he's and he's a big help to everybody here in the neighborhood very loving man, and everything he talks about in his book. I mean, I've met the guy, hung out the guy, and he is everything that he talks about in his book. He is that man. All right. He's just not somebody that writes a book and walks away and, you know, just pretends. No, this guy is the real deal. And I know since it's Memorial Day, uh, I thought it would be fitting to bring on a believer in the Lord, a brother in the Lord that went through all that and is now leading people to Christ and also letting the world know about what it was like, really like in Vietnam. So with no more further ado, uh, can I introduce him now? Yes, absolutely. Um, Mr. William Taylor, or we like to call Bill Taylor. Welcome, Bill. Bill. Taylor. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm very proud to be here on, on, uh, on the program and to meet everybody and to share some stories that I think everybody will, will, uh, will feel close to. And uh, uh, the, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, God bless everybody who's here, and uh, I wish the very best for everybody. Amen. 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 Well, uh, so let's let's go with um, first your testimony. Um, I mean, do you want to start there, or sure. do you want to start with? Yeah. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> you know, I always believed. <clears throat> I always believed in God. I always believed in Jesus Christ. I always did. And uh, there was something there. There's just this little bit of show me. I, I wish, Lord, that, you know, I would like to see a miracle. I would like to see something. I like to actually physically know that you're there. And, of course, you know, that, that you have to trust in that belief more than anything else. So that 5% was always there. And um, I can tell you, um, my book is about survival. Uh, It's about surviving. When I first got to Vietnam, it was more like um, I was very naive. I was a young man. I was 18 years old. Um, You know, they give you an M16 rifle, a bunch of hand grenades. Uh, They teach you uh, how to kill the enemy. So, you know, when I first got there, I just learned how to, you know, I was naive. I, I didn't understand what I was getting myself into. And as the months progressed and people were dying and uh, people were dying all around me. And, you know, the Lord always touches me. I don't, I don't know why he does that, but he, 
yeah, I made it through battle after battle. I mean, being overrun, being trapped in a paddy, a rice paddy for hours and hours on end, being shot at with machine guns by 20 different people while my platoon uh, ended up getting wiped out to seven men. Uh, being uh, there, there's so many battles that I can't even tell you all walking into a minefield and watching my buddies explode. I could have stepped on a mine at any time. Uh, there are so many stories about making it through. And um, during the last, the last couple of months, we, we got stationed up towards the DMZ. Um, we were only about a mile and a half and we built a base we had the CBs come in. They built these bunkers, and we had to run patrols up towards the DMZ. And there was a place called Little Ocean View, and that, what that was is a washout. This is all sandy area, and it was a washout right to the ocean. And um, we used to every platoon. We had three platoons, and each platoon would go up. And as soon as you hit the washout, the the North Vietnamese would start their mortars on us, and then they'd explode. And I remember going up there, and I. I remember hearing, so the funny thing about mortars is, you know, they're coming and you know, they're coming because you hear a bloop sound. It goes bloop, 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 bloop. And you know, they're shooting mortars. So you look for a place to hide. You look for some kind of a suppression. And that's what I did. You know, I would hit the suppression. And what's interesting is because when it was our, our turn to go sweep again, it seems like I was going into the same depression. It was like I was almost looking for the depression to go into. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget it. And every night when I say my prayers, I, I thank the Lord. So I heard the bloop, bloop, bloop. And I ran and I got in the hole. And the the rounds were hitting like 70 yards behind me. So they were going over our heads. And then they started walking them in and they got closer. It's like a, a thunderstorm coming with the lightning and it comes towards you and it's like getting louder and louder. And that's exactly what it felt like. And as I'm, as, as I'm <clears throat> laying there, I, I actually saw the round come out of the tube in my head and I saw it go up in the air and land right on my head. And it was a vision that I'll never forget because they were walking them in and they were exploding all around me. And I saw that round and I started screaming for Christ. I was screaming and screaming, dear Lord, please, please save me, save me. And it was, it was like, as soon as I started screaming out for the Lord, they stopped. And at that moment, I realized, I said, I needed that 5%. At the moment of my death, at the moment I thought I was going to die, who did I turn to? Who was the guy? Who, I wasn't screaming out for my mother. I wasn't screaming out for the other guys. I wasn't just screaming to nobody. I was crying for Christ, and he heard me. And so I survived that. I got my 100%, and believe me, ever since that day, I, I was reborn. I was totally reborn and I've had miracles happen around me. And I don't, you know, I'm not a miracle worker nothing like that. Just every once in a while, God works through me and things happen. And I can't, I don't know why I just trust in God 
and and it's not like I can create a miracle or something like that, but things happen and and I, I don't know why. Anyway, I can actually tell you that my life has changed. And every day, you know, people talk about being a you know, the you know, the the devil's always out there and he's tempting you and everything. It's like I've got the shield. I've the Lord's watching out for me. And not only that, but I knew I was going to write a book. I wasn't really good in school. <laughs> I went through high school. I had no college. I, how am I going to write a very successful book? How am I going to do that? But I had the spirit inside me to do it, and I did it. It took me three and a half years. I didn't give up. I stayed with it. And um, I think the Lord wanted me to write the book. I think he wanted me to tell the story because there are so many veterans out there right now who read the book and so many families that are so touched. And I'm, I'm getting healings just from the book, people reading it and saying, I, you know, I understand. I had one gentleman, one gentleman, he, he uh, emailed me and he said, uh, I want to thank you for writing the book because you talk about being overrun. And, and I had a brother who served in Vietnam and he, he was uh, overrun and got stabbed in the stomach with a bayonet, and he was he managed to kill that guy. He came home and survived the wound, and um, he ended up becoming an alcoholic. And he, I always wanted to. I asked him all the time, "What? What? Tell me what happened." And he said, "You don't want to know. You don't want to know nothing about that." It's like. And he said, I had this emptiness because five years ago he died and I thought I'd never, ever hear the story. But when I read your book about being overrun, I totally understand why he couldn't tell me. And he says, I have such a completion from that. I just got a, uh, I just got an email yesterday from the daughter of one of the guys that passed away. And uh, he got shot in the chest and died immediately. And uh, I write about him in the book. He was the first one to die in our platoon. And she wrote me and uh, she said, thank you for writing the book. And I wrote her this beautiful, unbelievable. I, to me, I think it was a very heartfelt and wonderful letter of, you know, thanks to her, you know, but that all that she gave up and, and what she had had to you had, what she had to go through is more than anybody else in the United States, the sacrifices that she's given. So, you know, that's what's going on in my life right now. I'm having miracles happen around me and uh, uh, I'm being blessed every day. And uh, I pray every night. I think one of the key components of my life is to pray every single night and say, Lord, thank you for what happened that day. And just go through it in your mind. I did this, and oh, by the way, thank you for that. And oh, you know, that's I got that, and it, it was, I didn't expect this. And the food that day it was I never, you know, whatever's going on, and you'd be surprised how your life will change. So, that's my testimony. I've I've got plenty more, so, if you mm -hmm. want, but I don't want to take up your whole time. Here. Oh, that's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's told amazing. me so many great stories. You know, you know, the thing that really gets me is that um. The fact that, you know, I never seen somebody die in front of me, go from perfectly normal to dead. And I think to a lot of people, a lot of people here in the audience probably can't relate to that. But I, you know, <clears throat> you talked about that. That's hard. 
to see something like that happen, to watch something like that happen. And as you talked about those stories with me, I, you know, I think about those people, like, were they believers? You know, imagine going to a war and you give, you die during that war and you're not a believer, you die in your sins. So you go from a bad place to even worse place, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of a cold, hard truth about it though. But I just want to mention that, you know, because I know you being a believer and the Lord stepped in there and you haven't mentioned this yet, but Bill has been on 13 missions. In fact, he was going to name the book 13 missions. Uh, 13 months. 13 13 months. months. Right. 25 missions. 25 missions, 13 months. And basically he, you're basically, um, you survived every mission, evidently, but about what ninety ninety five percent of the people in every mission passed. Well, did not every, survive. Every platoon leader, uh, every 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 platoon sergeant, every platoon lieutenant, every squad leader was either wounded and killed over and over and over again. It was just, it was, you know, the thing is, when they kept on, in sixty seven and sixty eight, they were just sending men. Many, many, many men. And, you know, they we always, you know, got replacements, but they weren't as good as the last ones, mostly. So what would happen is you'd have we had all these great leaders and then they started dying off through and through the book. And then we get these new guys and it's like it's not the same. It's and guys were dying because of poor decisions, you know, and uh, that's that happens all the way through the book. And uh you wonder how we survived. And that's what these other Marines that contact me, they go, oh, my gosh, you hit it right on the head. You tell the story. Nobody knows this story. And thank you for telling my story. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not and I'm not the hero. The heroes are the guys that that didn't make it. The heroes are the, the all of the men that, that sacrificed and gave their all. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm a survivor. And uh and I'm a believer at the same token. So, uh, and and as far as Bob, as you said about, you know, I I'm sh- there. There were some guys that did that did believe, and um, so we did. Uh, we were able to go to church every about once a month on the ship. Uh, we were on this. Uh, we were a special landing force alpha, and we were stationed on the USS Okinawa, and we were helicopter assault, and then we would assault in, and we'd stay in country for about a month or a month and a half, and then they'd bring us back to, you know, get new, you know, give us food, change our uniforms, whatever we needed, ammunition, and we'd go back on another assault and, do, you know, just going from mission to mission to mission and then come back to the ship. But uh, the point is, is that... Um, you know, um, I forgot where I was going with that. I got mm-hmm. off onto the yeah. ship. But, you know, we 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 attacked, and and uh, that's pretty much what we did. Yeah, so you was, guys were tying into churches. You had oh yeah, church it was about church. So yeah, yeah uh, they would hold a mass. Uh, they would uh, it would be a service, and sometimes it was a Catholic priest, and sometimes it was a Protestant, and sometimes it was a, just a Christian. You never knew who you were going to get. And it was just someone talking about Jesus and God and um, the, what it, whatever that denomination was. Uh, if you, uh, whatever whatever denomination. And it was always good to go. And there was a lot of guys that went. And I was one of them. I, I always went to church. Uh, 
I always mm-hmm. made sure I, even in that last, uh, that last month when we were stationed by the DMZ at the final, at the end, um, they, they used to send out some kind of a, you know, a, a man to come out and, and, uh, pray with us. And, and it was mm-hmm. wonderful. So, you know, the, the, when you, when you say, well, I don't know, I, I have a, actually, uh, in my, uh, if you go to onfullautomatic.com, uh, I have a thousand pictures and um, 445 of them are mine. And uh, some are the pictures of other, other the guys that let me show their pictures in my, on my site. But uh, in one of the pictures, they're, they're actually, we're actually sitting there uh, on like benches. And uh, the, I think it was a priest that was up there and he was, you know, blessing us and, you know, giving us the word of God and giving us hope and faith and stuff like that. But, um, but I got to tell you, um, the whole time I was there, I, I honestly say, I never thought I would make it out of Vietnam alive. Mm -hmm. I can, can, you, when you go through everybody dying, everybody dying, everybody dying, and you go through it over and over and new guys and new guys. And and you had mentioned about the names, you know, I I used to remember all the names. I I know all the guys that, you know, when I first joined the platoon, but towards the end, I couldn't tell you anybody's name because my mind said, you don't want to know these guys, you know, they're going to be dead. So you just don't want to know them. And so I can't remember the names. Mm. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of combat in my life. And, uh, you know, when I came home, I had the survivor's guilt all, all about, uh, oh, sure. thinking I didn't, I didn't make a difference and I didn't do anything and, uh, feeling like, uh, feeling like I didn't accomplish anything, feeling like, uh, at times I felt like I was a coward because I was scared over there. I felt scared all the time. Uh, you know, you just, uh, and then, and then when the realization hits you that, you know, you're, you're lucky to be alive and, you know, um, you know, you start thinking about what you did and actually the book was very cathartic for me. And that's what I would recommend anybody who knows somebody that's having problems. The best thing they could do is sit down and just talk about their experiences. Getting it out of them is almost impossible. And, um, you know, so I, I, I that's why mm-hmm. I think my story is unique because I'm able to bring out the stories and, and uh, it's just like I, they flood out. And I, I got to say, when, when I wrote the stories, I cried like a baby after each story. And there's one uh, there's one story about a baby that uh, that I found in a cave and I, I had to carry it for three days. And um, every time I tell that story, I just want to break down in tears because, you know, um, that baby became part of my life. And, uh, so it's, it's, the book is not all about battles. It's not all about combat. It's about what happened, unique things that happened in Vietnam. And, uh, I think I, I, right now I'm, uh, 47 weeks, number one bestseller on Amazon. And the book just came in, uh, in July. So, yeah. Bill, can I, can I ask you a question? Oh, absolutely. Um, and well, my dad was a my dad was a combat medic in World War II. Right. Uh, landed on Normandy on the thirteenth of June of forty four, a week after the initial landing. And uh, 
he never wanted to talk about it. Uh, being that he was a combat medic and all the different things he saw and things like that. But one of the things that's very unique and, and it's kind of a parallel to what you were saying, when, you, when that round was coming in and you were praying, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, please, you know, whatever you were praying, you know, to save me and this, um, each of these guys had to, had to dig a foxhole, uh, had to dig a hole for the, there was so much shelling and there was so much bombardment going on. And the one that my, uh, the one that my dad had dug, um, this other fellow was in when they, uh, they were, uh, there was a, a lot of artillery going on and, um, Actually, my dad was in my somehow this guy uh, and my dad got switched around. And I can't really remember what it was, but I know my dad was he got out of this hole that he was not. You know, the guy, the other guy had dug it and he was in it and he got out of this hole. And just at the time that he was out of the hole, it got a direct hit. Mm. And, it, and it killed this guy instantly. And yeah. uh, if it, if it mm. wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here. Right. And, wow. and I, I thought about that. I, I just wonder if, you know, cause I don't know if my dad ever considered that that was a divine intervention to keep him alive. Like sure. it was like it was for you. Um, I, I, I'm just, when I heard you say that, I, my heart just, it's just really, because they, they, these guys were, especially in, especially in Normandy, there thousands of these guys were dropping. They were just machine gunned down, like, and they, they were, you know, they were making the mistakes of not, the landing craft weren't going in far enough because of the artillery was hitting them so hard. They were dropping these guys in 12 feet of water with these 75 pound packs and they were drowning. And, and they, you know, you couldn't fault the guys. They were, they were scared. Part of war is being scared. I was never in the war, thank God. But part of it is admitting that you're afraid and not, and not feeling like you're, like you're a coward. Like, like, like what Bob was saying earlier to me, you're, what you're doing is is very brave in writing about it to help people because I know I want to read it. Uh, maybe I'll understand what my dad went through more. And and he he just he just he could never really talk about it ever until the day he died. And you know, I, I, I think I understand a little bit about why he didn't, Bill. I I just yeah. You know, my I got to also say. My dad fought with Patton. He uh, he went through Belgium and he was in the Battle of the Bulge. That's I heard that from my uncle. My dad would never tell me anything, and uh, so um, when I'd ask my dad, "Please tell me what you know what it what was it like? What happened? What you know?" He would say the same thing that your dad. I'm sorry, you know, uh, you don't want to know that stuff. You don't you don't want to understand it. And and uh, so that actually encouraged me to tell my children what happened. So when my kids asked me, Dad, what happened? My tendency was to do my dad. And I realized at that moment that I needed to I needed my children to know what I did. 
And then I, that's what started. That's when I started telling the stories and the kids were all like this listening, you know, and I would just tell them the truth. I just tell them the true story. And they, everything in the book is 100% absolutely true. There might be a little timing because it was 50 years ago. It may not have been this month. It could have been this month or whatever. But um, I'm pretty accurate on most every single location and time. Uh, And uh, 10 years ago, I went back to Vietnam. And uh, I also had some major, you know, completions in my life. Uh, Memorial Day was always, uh, I would go into the basement, watch war movies, stay away from people, leave me alone. I don't want to have anything to do with Memorial Day. And at some point in time, I would just start crying in the, in the, in the basement. So your dad, I, was in, your dad was in the 3rd Army? Yeah, he was in with the Dad. In the 79th Division? Uh, you know what? That's mm-hmm. one thing I still don't know. <clears throat> I've got to find out. I, guess, what, guess what my dad was in? What? The 3rd Army. Yeah. 79th Division. I'll bet you they, they could have been in the same, the same darn thing. Yeah. And they went through. They went through a lot. <laughs> Oh, man. This is, of course, I didn't know you. Amen. Hey, Bill, can I ask you a question? Sure. So um, now here we are, 2022, and it seems like now we're on the verge of war again. Okay, we're going to go through it again now. Um, A lot of things are happening in the Middle East now, and a lot of things not happening with Ukraine, and a lot of bad decisions are being done being made in our white house right now and you know big laundry list of them i don't want to do a head count but i can <laughs> you know but um how do you feel about the condition of the world today and you know how 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 really how it relates to the return of christ you know how do you feel like you know how does it feel now that yeah you went through you went through this major war and now it's all happening all over again how do you feel about that you know, I, I can honestly say that, you know, I, I I look at my experience of growing up and I like it much better than what I'm seeing right now. Um, and and I, I got a feeling that it has to do with the Internet. I think that, you know, the more kids can get in and play uh, and get, you know, to anything you want to get. You know, I, I we used to, you know, my kids grew up their dad was a Marine. So, you know, there was consequences and that the kids today don't have consequences. And I'm talking about the kids because they're the ones that are inheriting all this mess that's going on right now. And uh, I see a lot of cheating going on with, you know, a party that, that, uh, that you'll find a lot of people don't agree with. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this last election was, 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 but I think I believe in God and I trust in the Lord and the Lord is, you know, he says we have our free will and we get to do what, whatever it is. Now, if you have a bunch of kids that are not and or adults that are not going to be proactive, then you're going to have to have the consequences of not being proactive. You've got to, you got to mm-hmm. believe in God still. You've got to get God back in to our government you, um, you know, uh, you just got to, you got to get uh, Jesus back in. Uh, you, uh, people need to pray and, and that's not going on. And, and until people start, you know, they might have to go through some pretty bad times, Bob. I mean, yeah, that's, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Are, I think those bad times are, are upon us right now. 
you know, I always tell these guys, you know, there's no cavalry coming for for America now. I think it's time now for America to receive judgment now. I mean, there's a lot of bloodshed uh, because of abortion, and there's a lot of things coming, and there's there's a price that has to be paid. It's time to pay the fiddler. Okay, we the the sins of America have been pushed and kicked down the road, but eventually they're going to have to be dealt with. And Amen. Um, yep. what's that? Amen. I totally Amen. agree. And uh, I believe it will be dealt with at the four trumpet judgments during the seven year tribulation period. Now, um, we all believe in the rapture resurrection event. And I know you have a lot of friends of yours that were a part of the uh, Vietnam War that you're going to see again here shortly. And June, if you didn't know already, I know these guys do. It's a hot month, real hot month for the rapture resurrection event to take place. Um, my thing I'd like to ask you guys about right now is um, there. there's talk about this asteroid belt that we're heading into right now. Uh, so it's an it's a, it's a, it's a asteroid field we're going through right now. And there's supposedly, I don't know if you guys have seen it on the uh, west coast of California, but they said there are record amounts of asteroids. You can see right now it's about 1,000 asteroids per hour, some crazy amount. But I guess according to NASA, there's a few big ones in there. And even the White House has mentioned that they they're talking about using the uh, what's it called a um, uh, electromagnetic gun. You guys heard about that? Some super weapon they're going to use to knock one of these asteroids out of the way. And yes. the power of this power of this weapon is the equivalent of a hundred nuclear bombs. Now, I don't know about you guys. If you fire that thing off and try to move one of those asteroids in the sky, what's going to happen? An EMP. <laughs> an EMP. And if an EMP like that takes place, you kiss, the good, you kiss goodbye to our grid. And they're going to claim that we're trying to protect the grid. That's why we use the weapon. Right. Because just like you try to protect our supply chains, just how you try to protect our farms, just how you try to protect our small businesses. Just how you try to take away all our rights and everything over the last two th- last two years. Okay, and now they're talking about rolling blackouts. All right. So I heard our electric company over here, Nipsco, talking about that, and other ones around the country. And they're talking about rolling blackouts, and on top of that, using this super weapon to knock out some of these asteroids that are heading towards us in the month of June which can cause, like I said, an EMP event. And if that takes place, the way the condition this country is right now, all right, we don't, our supply chain is destroyed. Trucks are no longer driving. They are, they're at that point, they're stopping. Now, even though there might be some supplies, it costs too much money for the trucks to move the stuff now. Okay. Tell me how that's going to get fixed. Kevin, how do you think that's going to get fixed? How, that's a huge mess. You can't fix that. And even if we change our legislature, even if we got a great lineup of heroes that come in in November, it's going to take about three to four years to get things moving again. That's why I really do believe that we're on the verge of semi tribulation. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yes. What do you think, Kevin? <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, the, the, this the issues that we have in this country right now are not easily fixed. As a matter of fact, they're, they're not able to be fixed. I mean, just this week, 
we what we we witnessed and actually today with a with a court um, a jury verdict we we learned that if you have the the right friends and that you're you're in DC that you can lie to the FBI as long as what you're telling them is a bigger lie than that you said that who you were representing was a lie. (laughs) So as long as you come with a message that it's a bigger lie, then the lie that you tell the FBI that you're not with somebody else and not representing them, that's, that becomes immaterial. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's how deeply flawed and, and deeply corrupt that the nation that we live in is in right now. And that permeates through every sector of our daily lives. And that corruption runs so deep that ordinary people that you wouldn't think would get involved with that kind of corruption, they do get affected by it. And then they start making decisions that basically, you know, blossom into what we're seeing now across the board of just, you know, things that are mismanaged, uh, things that, that are falling apart, root causes not being uh, identified and actually tackled, surface layer political statements being made that actually serve nobody except for their own uh, power and their own party. Um, you know, these type of things are uh, can't, can't be handled in, in a matter of uh, one election or a few people that get into power um, or even discussions. I mean, th- th- this is going to have to be a wholesale uh, switchover. And we know that, the, that the, the wholesale switchover actually happens at the second coming. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the only time that it happens. It doesn't, the, 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 we're not, this world is not going to, to change from what we have now into a just society until Jesus returns. And yeah. there's, there's, there's not much we can do except continue to run the race, be the salt and the light, and, and basically, you know, spread the gospel and be here and occupy until he comes to, to receive us. And continue to, be, continue to be faithful. Yeah. That's the key, you know. It's, it's just, I know you're talking about Sussman with Durham. Yeah. And that, that's just, I'm not surprised. It's, of course it's not. The Clinton crime family. I, I didn't surprise me a bit. I guess everybody figured that, that Durham was going to be the knight on the white horse. Not a chance. Well, the jury, the jury asked and said, like, does every single portion of this um, indictment need to be fulfilled in order for him to to be found guilty? And they said, yeah. And they said, well, in that case, it's not material. And so it's it's very easy to to then say, okay, um, no matter what you do, as long as you have friends, and you know he had friends on the jury, and you know that as well as I do, and and they and there were also um, donors to the Clinton campaign on the jury itself. I heard that one of the jury people actually has has a daughter who plays on the same soccer team as Sussman's daughter. 
I mean, the, you know, come on. The, 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 this, this jury was stacked. We all knew this was going to happen. But that, that doesn't really matter to me because I, I already know that, th- that th- those things are – no one's going to be held accountable for any of that right now. Oh, sure. but, we, but I tell you this, um, Robert, is that we will learn about all those things, but we're going to have to wait a long time because that the books are going to be open at the Great White Throne Judgment. <laughs> so we'll, we'll find out what really happened and who knew what when, but it's going to take a long time, and then justice will be served then. But we're not going to get justice here on, on, on this earth at this yeah. point. Joe, it, it's hard sometimes. What do you think, Joe? It's hard to get to not get discouraged when you hear stuff like this. Uh, you know, you think that you think something's going to actually be done that's going to be honest and, uh, and forthright. And then once again, here we go. Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, it was when nothing was honest and nothing was being held accountable going back to 01, or at least when the internet put things, you know, shine the light on a lot of things. Because without the internet, you would have to go find guys like Bill Cooper and all these other guys exposing things and, you know, whether or not you believe in what he said or not. But when, does anybody have a checklist of when anybody or anything honest came out from these people or from any... I mean, let's look at go back to OJ. Now, look, I don't know what happened that night. I wasn't there. And I've spoken to a lot of people in my lifetime, good and bad, who have told me stories where anything is possible. A person could walk into a situation out of nowhere and fall into a trap or a snare. So do I believe that anything is possible in this reality? Yeah. At this point, I... I believe almost, you know, anything can happen. Likelihood and probabilities, you know, math and the odds, that's something we can work with. But like when Bill was telling his story, like that's not, you know, his, the odds told me that he's, he should have perished. So that's God interceding in a miracle. That's a whole different story. The odds of all of us getting together when we were all, living in our flesh and, and at our worst times. It's, it's in a zero. It's a probability. When I when I was <clears throat> when I was young and I got sent away, they said uh they would put us each in each of these houses. They like to keep everybody separated. They didn't want a big group of people together because then that's how they can riot. So they would put like seventeen to twenty people in, in these different in these different housing units. And the one guy said to me, he goes, Hey Joe he goes, I have, I have statistics on the guys that come back, the guys that die when they leave, and the guys that make it. And he said to me, this was a correction officer, he said, out of the 17 people in this unit, only one is going to make it. <laughs> and I said to myself, I didn't say anything to him, you know, because I was just, I was literally just, you know, this was like a, a couple months after Christ answered my prayer in the cell. But I said to myself, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm not coming back. And, um, but when he told me that, it was just like, I started to understand odds, statistics. And, you know, this is before the internet. This is 1998. So now with what I see now, it's like, I I have to be honest. I I just, 
I got rid of, I, I, I don't watch television anymore because I don't like the show that's played 24 seven. And I'd rather watch something like Ronnie Dangerfield or something that I know is more real than what they're telling me as far as comedy goes. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not, I am no longer a part, like I'll talk about it because you know, it's going on and we talk about the lunacy, but no, the whole thing is a distraction. Whatever they have planned, we have no idea. You, nobody saw 2020 coming except a few people that talked about it. It was on their checklist of five things that could happen. It was literally on the the card game, which I won't mention here, as something that was going to happen. So if we look at the back yeah. of the dollar bill, like what, what are we talking about? Like there's a pyramid there with an all-seeing eye, and they're telling us and mocking us every day when I – when I give that dollar to somebody. So that whole system is a system of the B system. And part of that is the mockery and, and the, the enslavement. So like I think about, I, so the only thing I can go off of besides God intervention, inter, intervening because that's unpredictable is what their past history and actions have shown. So in World War II, my understanding was that Germany was in such bad shape the people were so poor and so broke that they were waiting for a guy to rise and get them out of this poverty. The rest of the world shut them out. They cut them off, including us. And we didn't even help the citizens there after World War One. Right. It seems to be a trend that we're like, if this market changes and things, you know, gas. So the fact that gasoline is breaking seven dollars a gallon, that that to me is a red flag, because why stop there? They could go to 10. Right. So, sure. I, I feel put aside everything they're saying with Russia and all that. If they really want to squeeze people out and make them hurt, it's to get them ready for something. And every time that something traumatic has happened in this country, I don't think Vietnam applies to this one because I can't say for certain what was going on in the economy, but I know that you know following that there were some issues. But something always happens. So my fear, well, my not fear, but the one thing that I, I catch from all this is that maybe the things that are just starting out now, the root of what's really coming is going to blossom into something serious. That's why, like, we wait for it. We wait for it. We're counting on it based on what we see. But I, I think we're just starting out on how bad it could really get. Or they just keep the cycles going because why... Why stir the slaves? Because things could change, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they have weapons that can control us if we try to uprise. But then you got the television, and then you got them using our family members against us and us against them based on a left versus right. So the battle is between us, and now they've in, they've the battle has gotten in the mind. So things are just so upside down now compared to what they used to be. Back, you know, back, <laughs> you always knew who your enemy was. Today, we know it's just Babylon and us, and there's nothing in between. It's just the people who the people who know what's going on and the people that don't. And it's just, to, to me, it's like, it's, it's a hard gauge, so you have to kind of go like uh, roots. You know, you got to go based on what you're seeing in your local community and what's going on. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can go off of, because I can't trust what's coming out of the box. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't trust what's coming out of NASA. Trust, right. I can't trust 
the, the government has been lying and stealing from us since day one. Why on God's green earth would we trust Trump? Why God's green earth? Why we, you know? Well, see, well, that's what that's what they're looking for, Joe. They're looking for him to come back and and set everything right here. And it's and for yeah. months and for months and months and months they've been talking about this, and and now this happens today with with this Sussman trial. That's all. And, that's and, and, yeah, then, that's, and then it's it's just all it's it's basically all theater. I tell my wife it's all theater. We have a list of these guys on a plane with a known yeah, you know what. Yeah, and, but it it doesn't matter, right? And they let and they let this guy control what goes in your body. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if you if, if you you know somebody, <clears throat> I told my wife, I said, you know, if somebody ever asks you why you didn't get it, you just tell them this. I don't let strangers inject strange things into me. Like, where has common sense gone? gone? No, you know, yeah. like, would you get in a in a van? Would you tell your little son, hey, get in the van? He's got really good snacks. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah. But that's what they told the whole population. And because they're wearing a white lab coat and because the channels, the two channels told everybody, I mean, come on, you know, like the mark of the beast is like, uh, you know, these people, uh, it's going to be bad. Like you know, the mark of the beast, you know, like look at what Bill said about Vietnam. How many of these young men sign up? And even I attempted to sign up after, um, Oh, one. And by the grace of God, he had other plans for me. But how many of these young men and women signed up wanting to do the right thing by their communities in the country? But meanwhile, you think to yourself, well, we got guys like Dick Cheney you know, and Bush that are profiting. Like You have to draw the line somewhere. You know, my thoughts are now, if you're going to volunteer, volunteer in your local community, train other young, <clears throat> young people. How to survive, you know, if they got, you know, if anything happens, because, you know, now they, they force the soldiers to take strange things from strangers. So once again, they've shown themselves to be lunatics. They don't mm-hmm. care about your young men and, and women. And yes. if you don't take the strange thing, well, you know what? We don't care about your honor and your loyalty to the country. We're just going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. That's that's called a gang. If you don't take our our sign on your body, you can't be in the gang. So when I see these guys act, I just think you know these are mafioso gangsters. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I said last week that America, I believe, is the uh, gauge for the end of the age of grace. Uh, Israel, they are the gauge for the end times. What's happened with Israel? Yeah, they're the gauge to show what the end times are about to begin, the seven tribulation. Okay, they're the gauge for that. But America is the gauge for the age of grace right now. Uh the most you know, the most uh highest concentration Christian nation on earth per capita per citizen. And uh I know that America puts out more more um more uh mission support missionaries than any other country in the world. But be, with that being said, now America is going down the toilet now. And I think we're talking about, you know, can we sustain this for a few more years? No, we can't. Uh, it's catching up with us as you're talking about, Joe. Um, we still can't quite see it yet, but you got to understand something. Our supply chain is done, okay? We're going through our reserves of oil. We're going through our reserves for food, okay? All the storable food, guess what? It all got shut down. All the companies got shut down. You know where all the food went? It went to their warehouses, the government warehouses. They're getting ready. 
as the book of Revelation chapter 6 talks about. They're getting ready for the wrath of the Lamb. All right? Right? No, it makes sense. I mean, that's the, listen, they, they, they know something's coming just as well as we do, and they know they're going to be here for it. And we know that we're not. <laughs> so we're, we're not, we don't have stored up uh, stuff in warehouses for us to, to make it through the next seven years because we're going to be at a banquet feast. I mean, <laughs> but, but, they, but they're going to go through famine here. So they're going to have tough, rough times. They've already started talking about it. And saying there's going to be food shortages because so they know that's coming. I did see an interesting poll, and it's you said just a minute ago, Bob, that you know we're we're going down this bad path. It was in 1990, I think it was in 1994. They asked 18 to 34 year olds. Um, Interesting. I was just thinking, like, where did I fit in that? And I guess I was right in the middle of that. So 1994, they, they, they asked 18 to 34 year-olds, are you sure that that God exists? And it was about 64%, 63 or 64% that said, yes, I'm sure. Well, just this year, they did that poll again with 18 to 34-year-olds. And what do you think that number is now? 25 years later, you know, thir- almost 30 years later, I suppose. The number is down to 38%. Wow. Okay. So in just one generation, basically, that we call generations, about 30 years, it's gone down about 25 to 26%. So one in four have basically fallen away from that faith and and don't and no longer have faith that God exists so when when the bible says that the falling away is going to come first and then the man of sin is going to be revealed Mm -hmm. um someone before i think it was you robert you were saying we this world is primed it's ready it's like when you put on when when you when you do the sanding first before you put on the paint you get it ready to, to go and and the sanding has 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 happened, <laughs> and so now we're ready to get the get, get the whitewash, which is the the rider on the white horse, the fake Christ, the Antichrist, is going to come onto the scene, and and this world is primed and ready for a Messiah figure. Well, you know, to to put a comparative uh, put put a comparison to that, uh, you know, number, more people now are believing in extraterrestrials uh, than they are believing in God. Yeah. So, you know, you start to see where that, that happens, that, that uh, comparison or the parallel of the, the difference of, okay, belief in God drops, but then more and more people are asking, Oh, what's going on? You know, do you what's believe in extraterrestrials? Well, what's so- going on out there, up, up there? And, and that is rising. That number is rising. So, Greg, doesn't wouldn't we're, we're not so we're not crazy when we when we think that that this this these things that are coming upon the earth that the Bible is talking about that people could be deceived by fallen angels masquerading as extraterrestrial aliens. I mean, the, if, if the people believe more in them than they do God then wouldn't they be more primed and ready now to reject God 
and accept them as their saviors, basically. Exactly. Yes, that is what I truly believe is what's happening and is going to happen uh, when all of this, you know, culminates into that final, you know, battle at the end. And I mean, uh, if the numbers were like 90, 10, mm-hmm. and that people were like, I believe in God 90%, and I believe that there's extraterrestrials of 5% or 10%, I mean, th- then it would be a tough, a tough sell for us to say, that that could be a, a strong delusion to come upon the earth and actually Absolutely. Absolutely. fake people out. But but the scales are actually the opposite way, not necessarily 90-10, but you still have more people that believe in aliens and then in God. I mean, and the fact that this world right now, we just talked about this corruption uh, that's going on, Bob, that no one, the Calvary is not coming to come save them. Uh, and as a matter of fact, when these fallen entities do come down to the earth that the people will glom onto them like they are the Calvary. But that's exactly why they're, why God is sending them down here is so that people will believe that lie and that they will, they they will reject the truth of Christ Jesus. Right. You know, that's what, um, that's basically what's happening. You know, God basically told Satan, Hey, you know what, if we're going to have a popularity contest, well, I need to let everybody on earth know exactly who you are, who you're working with, everybody you work with, what you've been doing, the truth about everything about you and your entire kingdom down here. Now, I think that's where Trump came in. That's where he used Trump to expose all that. Okay. And he did. He flipped everything upside down, regardless of what you think about him. But uh, Trump, you know, th- I think Trump was used to get the whole concept moving of Messiah. You guys ever thought about that? Absolutely. Because Trump became a messiah. messiah it got everybody thinking, hey, one guy can fix all this. Okay, I guess we got to wait to 2024 until Trump comes back. They're getting everybody used to that whole one man can fix all this. We don't need to do nothing. We just need to stick it out. Until I'll never forget that day he was on the lawn and he goes, I am the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember that? I mean, he pointed yeah. up and everything. I mean, everyone and they were like, oh, that's the left just immediately was, was just like, he thinks he's the Messiah. And the right's like, oh, he was just joking. But maybe there's something to be said about both of those things. It's like, maybe he was joking, but maybe he also thinks that he was, that he's come to save um, the world or at least the United States from itself. Who says that? And you I know, know, really. Yeah. Who, who says that? Only, only guys that have been in these cults that and there's only maybe maybe been a handful we know about, right? But not not even Joseph Smith said that he was the chosen one, right? No, no, he he was the chosen one to deliver a new gospel, the message, right? Which which is what we're supposed to reject yeah. if anyone brings to you a new gospel, right, Bob? Yeah. Well, the other thing you brag about these 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 um, ETs, basically, I mean, is that you know the world doesn't understand that we're in a spiritual battle. That right. we that we do not fight against flesh and blood, and so when they come, they're going to accept them as flesh and blood in some way. And when rather it's a spiritual force that's coming, and and that if people just put on their arm the armor of God, they would they would realize every day and study the Word, they would realize that we are in a spiritual battle. That all these things that we see 
is is all the the good versus evil battle that's that's going on right in front of our face. But well, that's why you that's why you have to be spiritually sensitive, and that's why it's uh, you know it says in the word that we're to you know along with these scriptures is to be not conformed to this world, but be renewed by the you know be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the mind mm-hmm. that needs to be renewed. It's the you know the point that Joe in Christ made about, Jesus about yeah about not spending a lot of time watching TV and trying to get all your information on what's going to happen from that, because that's not going to, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And when it says here to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, I mean, if we, if we don't have the power of his might, we're not going to make it. I mean, there's not going to be any man that's going to be risen up no matter how popular or how charismatic, how powerful he is, it's ever going to be able to, to set these things right, except Jesus Christ. And that's Amen. the, you know, I just thinking about what uh, Bill was saying earlier, all these different times that, that you survived all these things that happened over in Vietnam. It was like, uh, I can imagine in, in the, and I haven't obviously had just the first time I heard about your book, but I'm sure people that have read it have probably the ones that have commented about it and, and emailed you probably said, uh, you really had a, like a guardian angel, the Lord had a uh, had a uh, pillar over you, uh, pillar of fire keeping keeping you alive, brother. I mean, and the witness of it is great because I'm sure you've used that as a witness too over the years. That people that uh, look, you know, you went through a lot of stuff when you after the war, but in the ensuing years, you've had the opportunity to, to share what the Lord's done for you and also put it down in words and to where it's, it's not so you can say that you've written a book, but it's, it's something, it's an avenue that you can use to, you know, it's your outreach it's your ministry is to show people that, that God is real. It's not just some crutch, some pipe dream, like a lot of people like to say, you know, right. You know, um, what I found is that when you are close to death, when you are so close, when you, it, when your death you think is imminent, what are you thinking at that moment in time? I mean, what I thought, I mean, where did I go? I, I went to the Lord. And, you know, exactly when person is laying there on their deathbed and they think they're going to die, what are you going to, you know, what are you thinking about, you know, how much money you got? No, that's not about money. It's not about anything. It's about your relation, your spirit, your heart, and the Lord. And uh, so, yeah, it, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't go through what I went through. And, and it's good that they don't have to go. And God, I, you know, geez, it's like... Uh, Oh, come on. You know, there, I mean, here, Patton said there are no atheists on the battlefield mm-hmm. because that is the truth. When you are close to death, you know, you see it and you hear about it. You read about it all the time that guys say, you know, that, you know, they got in touch with the Lord. And uh, uh, so, you know, I find do, do I regret that I went to Vietnam? Absolutely not. Did I go through horror? Absolutely but what I got out of it was more important 
for my life and the rest of my life because what I understand and what I got is is a treasure worth more money than you can possibly have in a bank. And that's the truth. That is the truth. I am happy. I'm an extreme happy man. Bob, do you ever see me not happy and smiling and sharing and, and doing anything other than You're ha- being happy? You're always in a great mood all the always. time. You know, always I bring know. me up. Yeah. <laughs> My dogs love you. <laughs> you know you must be a good guy if, if yeah, his dogs I love, love you. I love you. You got some great dogs there, let me yeah. tell you. He got you must have spent a lot of time in the, world, in the Word. You must have spent a lot of time in the Word in order to, to overcome all those things that you that you went through because there are so many vets that are not happy, that are traumatized, that are, you know, li- living in, um, you know, you know, drunkenness or drugs yeah. or, or whatever, or misery, basically. I mean, what, what, is, what is the secret then, Bill, for you to not wind up like them? Yeah, I, I, people ask me that. You know, the people who know me ask me that. They go, so what is it different from you than everybody else? But exactly. I can tell you, you know, I have the experience of coming home from Vietnam and, and going through my PTSD and all the stuff that goes along with it. And um, what I can tell you is that um, when when you go through, I'm, I'm, there I go, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that, Bob? Um, you talked about how you didn't end up like the rest of them. Oh, that's right. And so, and so what, what happens is, the guys, you know, when you're in combat, when you're get what whatever happens in that war, I don't care if it's Afghanistan, Korea, World War Two, you're you get adrenaline rushes. The adrenaline flows inside you like you can't believe. I mean, uh, and it becomes addictive. And when you come home, you look for that. You look for that adrenaline surge. That's why a lot of these guys they come back. What do they join? The police force. They mm-hmm. get into the fire department. They, if you ever mm-hmm. notice, a lot of the veterans, that's what they end up doing. Uh, they get into yeah. I, I ended up uh, at the Chicago Board of Trade, trading commodities. You want to you adrenaline <laughs> run? That, that's one, I'll tell you. And that's, <laughs> that's how I fed my adrenaline, you know. Uh, so that, and, and so what I'm saying is, these guys that come back and they can't seem to reach, what they end up do is they've they've got to cover, they gotta mask all that pain that they've got in their head. And the only way they can do that is, you know, they find like drugs and alcohol. And um that's why they need counseling, that's why they need to be talked to, that's why they gotta start talking out and, and expressing themselves so they can start getting it out. It's not gonna hit, you know, it's not gonna be a week. Oh, I'm okay. No, it's going to take a while. It's going to take years of talking in group therapy or one-on-one. And uh, I remember the first time I went to the VA and and I wanted to talk to somebody about, you know, what I was going through. And um, you never know who you're going to get. And so there was this young girl from uh, from the VA. She was a young girl. She was short. very, you know, very plainly dressed. Um, she she had a little hair lip here. I'll never forget that. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at this girl and going, what, 
what, what's the VA doing to me here? You know, I want to talk to someone like another vet or somebody that can help me. And I, I remember, you know, the Lord is watching out for me. I just got to go with this and just sit down and go with it. And, you know, there couldn't have been a better person in the world I talked to. She wow. was compassionate. She was loving. She was caring. She she was listening. And I got to tell you, she she popped that whatever it was inside me, like a festering uh, sore. Just, she popped it. And uh, and I was I was OK. I was starting to come out of it then. And, and I'll never forget. And, and I see her every once in a while. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to make sure I acknowledge her that she's always busy and always helping veterans. So uh, she is she's like my little guardian angel that came and, and helped me. So, you know, you never know. You, you can't uh, your expectations of what it should be like. And mm-hmm. you just have to trust in the Lord and, and the Lord will follow you. The Lord will be with you and uh, he'll guide you. You just got to keep. You just got to keep looking and and uh, be, being positive. And I've always been a positive person my entire life. So you released your, some sense of those. Knowledge, sense knowledge wise, when you looked at her, you thought, "Oh my goodness, what is this?" But you know, God knew better. He, oh he yeah, just, Am I invisible. That's it's. Yeah, she she was she was a guardian angel to me. I thought she was going to be the worst person I could possibly talk to, and then I, you know, I got trust and, and faith in the Lord and. You know, he stood by me in Vietnam. He's guiding me no matter what I do. And lo and behold, you know, when people say, you know, oh, geez, you know, this bad thing happened to me today. I was I was an hour late on the expressway or I couldn't get out because of something. And there's like so sad and so like I can't stand it. And and the thing is, is man, he's watching. He didn't want you to be on time because you might have been in an accident and he was saving you from an accident. You never know what he's there's always you got to go and do the best you can. All you can do is the best you can do. There is no more. And you just have faith in the Lord and always keep trying to do the right thing. And when you don't, you just apologize. You say, I I made a mistake, Uh, you know, and and move on from that. And uh you know, get off being right. I mean, that's the other thing. Everybody has to be right about everything. And and I found that it's it's better not to be right. It's better to listen and hear what people are talking about and then being right about something. So these are little lessons I've learned and I hope I shared with you guys but some of the things that really yeah. helped me. I'm glad that that uh, person was taking care of you. You know, our current administration couldn't care less about veterans now. They absolutely can't stand our veterans. And, you know, they're, they're too busy trying to teach them how to be, you know, how to be woke in classrooms when our enemies are not doing any of that stuff now. I'm really disappointed in how the, what, what Biden and the administration is trying to do to our military. You know, you served in our military. You served in a military bill, and I thank you so greatly for that, for your sacrifice. What thank you, you for your you service. Did. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. And um, really appreciate appreciate you coming on the show and all you veterans in the chat right now, all you veterans watching on my channel. I got a ton of veterans on my channel. Great. Really watching this. Great. And um, your books will be a blessing to all of them and their families. But right now, uh, like this, I talked about earlier, the, 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 the decay of this country now, you know, 
not only is all the things happening right now that I talked about before, the shutdown of the food, the food, the destroying processing plants, food processing plants, uh, destroying, you know, 22 million chickens have to die because one of them had a, a virus. You know, come on. This is getting ridiculous now. And uh, you know, the thing is, that's happening now. That's been happening. Like I said before, this stuff is starting to catch up. It will catch up. It's going to catch up. And I think this summer, this fall, is going to catch up with us because we have 50,000 people coming across our borders right now, t- coming onto this infrastructure, which is already fall, it's already falling apart. And now we got 50,000 per day, more miles to feed, more people to take care of in hospitals. And they've already decreased the uh, the capacity of our hospitals. Bill, you know, you live here. Uh, you know our hospitals. You, know, you went through COVID. I did too. Okay. And <clears throat> they shut down. We have some big hospitals over here. They shut a big one down over here near us, didn't they? Over in yep. Hammond. They shut it yep. down. Been, I was born in that hospital. No reason to shut down. That thing's done. Couldn't believe it. And I was telling somebody uh, yesterday, a, a few days, I know it was you I was telling you about it. Cause we had cause Bill and I had a, a breakfast with our neighbors this past uh, Sunday. Sunday, right, Bill? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, basically, it's like you know they they jump they they uh, jumped the gun when COVID came out. They brought the ships in. Hey, look these big ships! Look, uh, the hospitals are fully staffed. Look, and we're ready to go. Where's this virus? Like, we're ready for you. And you know what? These people are so stupid because they didn't realize that the virus takes time to reach critical mass. It mm-hmm. takes time, but it hits critical mass and it goes to 100% overnight. But it wasn't that critical mass yet. It was like about 5 6 7%. Okay. So, like, oh, guess we don't need that ship anymore. Get rid of them. Hey, shut that hospital down. Got nothing going on because they wouldn't let anybody else come in unless you had COVID. But now, look what happened. Look what happened in 2021. I have friends sitting in, those, in the emergency room for 15 hours mm-hmm. because they had no beds, because hospitals are not open. Don't tell me that was not engineered. Okay. Yeah, I remember when they said, like, they shut down the elective surgeries, right? Yeah. And they're like, you can't come in for elective surgery. How, how do you expect the hospital to actually maintain its income if you don't let people to come in and do the surgeries that actually pay the bills? Mm-hmm. So, of course, these, these hospitals are going to shut down um, after a while. Like, I mean, and then they had staff shortages right because they started mandating certain things right and then people were like no and then they're like oh well we don't have enough people here to actually even staff well you know what's going on so once again we can't do the elective procedures and so forth so don't even bother coming in and then you had people that mm-hmm. needed to come in for regular treatment for certain things and they were turned away as well Yep. So th- those people died. So I mean, well, Bob, all the all this stuff that you talked about was was obvious to us when we saw it happening, but it seems like it was lost on them. And maybe they're the same people that have killed twenty two million chickens because of one. They kind of did the same thing with this with this thing, and they said lock down three hundred fifty million people because of you know literally a few. You know why, though? Because he's the chosen one. He is the chosen one. He did He did do Operation he, Warp Speed. He did every single thing that happened in 2020. And it makes no difference who was going to be there. He did yeah. every single thing. He, he yeah. violated everybody's rights here. 
He let children sit in their home with abusive parents. He let women get abused by their husbands. Husbands get abused by their situations. He did it all. I have to admit, I was a bit surprised when he kind of basically turned over the reins to Fauci. I was a bit, I was taken back. I was like, when, when this thing started, I was like, okay, you know, these people are going to try to take this to the crazy level. And the question is, is Trump going to like say, hold on a second here. And he did kind of start doing that saying, we can't allow the treatment to be worse than the disease, right? We can't do that. But then he just like, he just, it was like they steamrolled him. And he just, to me, and that was like his weakest moment as president was like when they just basically steamrolled him and Fauci became this, you know, St. Fauci basically at that point. Can, can I piggyback off that with the 60 Minutes video I saw on Jerome Powell? All right, one, one moment before we hold that thought because I think we have Brother Robert needs to leave. You're taking yeah, off. Uh, Your brother. Take care, yeah, though. just uh, uh, thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure having you on here tonight. Thank you. And I'm I'm going to get a copy of your book and read it. And uh, I'm going to do some research and see if maybe your dad and uh, my dad are somehow, who knows? Right, right. That That's fascinating to me. So. What's yeah, that website right. again where you can get the book, Greg? Yes, uh, on fullautomatic.com, correct? Let's put that down. Yeah, yeah, put, put that, that up for you. That way uh, Mr. Hagen can... Uh, yeah, or or you can go right to Amazon and pick it up on Amazon too. There you go, on fullautomatic.com or Amazon. You guys have a wonderful night. It's been a blessing. I'll check you out next week. All right, take care, Bob. God bless. Take care. God bless. We might see him in the air too, man. We got yeah upcoming upcoming Sundays Pentecost. Apparently, June is a hot month, uh, Bob. I got a bunch of bunch of watchmen right now. They're actually throwing out dates now, yeah, and we don't normally do that. But <laughs> I see June. I see June. <laughs> Listen, I've seen June fifteenth come up so much this last couple of weeks. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, Return yeah. of the King did a great job laying out the celestial story that I saw that up to June fifteenth. So it's 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 solid. It's solid. Now, does that mean it's going to happen? Um, and um, I, I, I'm uh, I, I'm just uh, you know, it's funny, honestly. I am like at that point right now where I'm not trying to plan anything for July right now, I'm just not planning anything wow. for July. There's too much happening, there's too much talk right now about, like I told you before, that uh, that the antimatter weapon that they're going to use to start shooting up this upcoming middle of June. They're going to use it. They said they're going to use it. Okay, so that's going to be an EMP. Okay, and, I, and that just make that just plays right into what I've been talking about. They've been systematically destroying this country, and now all they need now is a final nail. Totally shut it down. Yeah. And Oh, because we're trying to protect the grid. <laughs> no, you're not trying to protect the grid. You're trying to finish your work. That's what you're trying to do. And if the thing is, I'm not surprised because according to the book Revelation, the first four horsemen – Line up perfectly with, with with what they're doing. Did okay, you notice the the chat room just like all of a sudden went crazy when as soon as we mentioned June fifteenth? It's like everybody's heard about this June fifteenth thing. Well, June sixth, June tenth, June twenty first. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> now me, I didn't. I didn't throw out any dates. I'm just telling everybody right now that September, the the next Shemitah cycle, is uh that's when the bridge is out. Uh, starting on nine twenty seven. The, the that's bridge is out. Cycle. The bridge is out. I don't know when we exit, <laughs> but all I tell you right now that bridge is out. So if the bridge is out and we when we go over, that just means we're gonna go over, we're gonna crash, and it's gonna get really bad here for a while before we go home in rapture. Hopefully Probably. that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all praying um that, that that were removed um before it gets like super super bad. But you know, we're gonna continue to run this race as long as it takes. Um we have faith. We know that one mm. day those the, like those the verse of the the verses of the day. I'm so glad those are the verses of the day, although I wish they would have added uh, verse 18 as well. I like verse 18. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the fact is, is that we have faith, not only that Christ died and rose and is coming back, but um, we know that he's, he's coming back for us first. And um, that is our blessed hope, the, the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And, when that happens, man, oh, that we've talked about that a few times. It's just going to be like, it's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to be mm. an amazing event that's going to take this world by surprise. And when they say peace and safety, that, you know, we're gone. Um, <laughs> and if they're happy. Oh, finally, <laughs> these horrible people are out of this, this earth. We can finally do what we want to do. Well, then sudden destruction is going to come upon them. You know, uh, the fact that right now they're practicing a global lockdown over and over and over. They're throwing it out there. Yeah, why Every is the they make it global? What yeah. are, Do they know the rapture is coming? Yeah. Because I think they do. And they're getting ready for this global lockdown. Uh, on Fire for Jesus says, who about to be given global control over medical problems? First time in history, especially America's history, we gave all, all of our power ceded over to a foreign entity. Which Biden should never have done. That was well, it's illegal. unconstitutional. You Don't you need uh, two thirds yeah. of the Congress in order to ratify a treaty? Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he did it was completely illegal, and but yet nobody stopped him. So that's why I would tell you, it's like we have, you know, it's not just Biden, man. It's, we have like ninety five percent of our Congress that needs to be replaced. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> I don't see a Calvary coming. If, if we might be able to get 50% of them replaced. We still have 50% of them are going to be bad still. Could you imagine like 200 and some odd years ago, if George Washington went to make a treaty and came back and said, uh, I'm going to give, you know, uh, the, the, the health ministry now of the Netherlands is going to be taking care of us. Uh, and we, I made a treaty with them. I mean that that guy would have been that guy would have been strung up. I mean George Washington himself. They would have never have stood for that. They would have said, "Are you kidding me? We just dra- I mean we just drafted this constitution, and now you're going out like a king and basically making it King Washington. Loser. Come on, man. That's what they would have said to him. First time in Americans' history, we officially lost our power. And trust me, when the next global pandemic is coming, and I tell you something too, if you watch Stephen Bendenu's channel, these asteroids that are coming in, NASA and the Pentagon, they're afraid that there are certain viruses unknown to Earth 
on these on these asteroids, and they already they are already actually declared declared it already. There are unknown viruses on these asteroids that are going into our waters. Most of them are going to land in the ocean. Of course, some of them they're going to use an antimatter gun on. But as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh man, they are going to exploit the crap out of that. Oh yeah. They were going to exploit that. Oh, it's an unknown virus. Ooh. Oh, when the water goes to poison? Oh, yeah. That, they're going to they're gonna take advantage. They're, listen, Bob, they're going to take advantage of every single one of those, uh, those mm-hmm. um, basically, punishments uh, that God is going to be doing out. They're never going to let a crisis go to waste. They are going to exploit every single one of those for more control on the population. That's why it's good. That's why... <laughs> Jesus said it's going to be the worst time ever is because you're going to get people that are going to use those punishments in order to make it worse. I mean, that's how bad the, 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 the world is yeah. going to state of the world is going to be in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the, so the fact that you have that coming in, they, th- they, they think it'll probably take uh, um, one of them, one of them, their exact words were, it'll make the walking dead look like a picnic. I was like, hold on a second here. Are we talking about a zombie apocalypse because of these foreign viruses, you know, or are they just, or are they just going to release something and blame it on the asteroids? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's just a, it's just a quagmire, an absolute quagmire that we're going into right now. And I don't know about you guys, but I sense the change in the air. Mm. I feel it. And I feel the chills from it right now. There's a there there's a un there's not an uneasiness, but it's kind of like this, you know, the heart rates up a little bit because the reality of the rapture is upon us now. Do mm-hmm. you guys feel that way? Sure, I, I know do. I do, mm-hmm. because it just doesn't seem like things are sustainable no more. Right. It's just like this month, I'm on edge this whole month in a good way, <laughs> you know, and I'm doing my work accordingly this month in a good way. But uh, my my rapture dreams they consist of power going out. Um, I know you've had some, the same type of dreams there, Joe. You know, power grid yeah. grid goes down. I just posted a video last week. Yeah, I saw Washington. Uh, I saw Washington blacked out in one of mine. So I mean, they were completely, completely out. But you know, I think you know, I think a lot of believers are dealing with. You know, the battles going on internally. You know, we were talking about it, Greg and I, before the show a little bit. I found myself over the past month, you know, because of what happened during the 2020 and being forced to not do anything of, you know, any any accomplishment as far as, you know, making choices, where you want to be, what can you do, that when things opened up, uh, I started being able to focus more on some of those worldly things like you know where do i want to live you know where do i want to buy a house where do i want to try and build something in a community and be a part of it and then the world starts pulling you into the other things your finances uh your career and i would say it's never gotten a hold of me since a long time ago and that's when you know once again god had to correct me but Giving that thought, what happens, it builds on top of each other, those stresses. And I noticed that about a couple of days ago, I started just relaxing more, stopped worrying about it. Almost, you know, like it was like the spirit was telling me no more. And when I was able to do that, 
I was able to focus on prayer more and pray throughout the day, bless people when I saw them, pray for people to be, you know, uh, whether, you know, healed of sicknesses and not talking to them directly, just as I walk, speaking with the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And that went on, and that went on really well for about two days. I was able to pay attention to it more instead of being distracted. And then an attack came. And I think as believers that as we go through these ups and downs, because that's what it is, it's running the race, as we spoke about last week, that the up and downs, that when you start to calm and focus on the kingdom more, your, your prayers are actually stronger. So when the attacks come, I always tell Greg and Kevin, you know, like, I like it when they come. I don't like it that I have to go through it, but I like it that they're paying attention because at least I know I'm being effective. If nothing was happening and I never got any kind of reaction, I'd have to just go solely on faith, which is fine. But when you're in the battle, you do like to see results. Mm. Bill can attest to that. If you're saving people, like you found that baby, or maybe you were able to get through that day, any kind of result is a nice result. I mean, a pause, a, a re, something to you know solidify what you're doing. So yeah. as, far, as far as the stress... Like Bob was saying, like I'm more, and I've said this before, and you know, I guess it's easy for me to say because I've been a believer for so long and I expect certain things to happen. But the more I'm looking at the Bible and, and the book of Revelation, there are still things that we don't know. Like when the apostle, when, when people were expecting Messiah, they talked about um, how Jesus would. Uh, you know, his heel would bru- would kill would, would kill the snake, right? They bruise his heel, and he'd step on the snake's head. Right, and that had to do yeah. crush, crush his head. Mm-hmm. That had to, nobody understood what that meant. For 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 the, since Abraham to the day of crucifixion, they had no idea what it meant. But once he was crucified, it made perfect sense when they drove the nails through his heels, and by doing that, he was able to step on and crush the serpent's head, and will do it physically. But I think that the things that we see coming in the Bible that we don't understand are exciting because we're in the position that these people were for a long time. When it talks about the famine of the word, yeah, Christians will be gone, raptured, and most of them will die of starvation that are left behind. Most of the people aren't going to die from war. They're going to die from starvation. So when Bob talks about these things and how easily they can control and manipulate the food, it makes perfect sense to me. 50, 100 years ago, would any of our family members have been worried about food? No, because they grew all their own. Of course not. Food. They grew it. Or they, they had or they a neighbor who grew it. Right. And all their neighbors grew it. They were living, they were living well. No, so but think of the that, that millions of people inside. I mean, literally tens of millions of people that right. think that food in a store comes from the store. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, that was part of the reason the bankers with the depression. Um, my wife told me this, that the farmers didn't need loans. They, nobody was taking loans out. So they had to get people into debt so they could start getting loans. So, you know, I feel that Bob is saying about, you know, the thickness in the air, the attacks are there, which is good news. Um, but I do see them getting stronger. And this last one for me particularly was very strong. And it was uh, spiritual and, and physical. And that to me, you know, shows me that it's, you know, they're, 
they're they're still at war every day with us and we should just treat them the same way so you know for those who are going through daily attacks or getting caught in the world vices like you know it's natural it's it's completely natural and the stressing and all that like the the apostles woke up every day with someone at the door trying to kill them so we have it pretty good considering you know what these guys went through and all the christians and uh, we'll we'll be blessed to get out of here. But um, with the famine of the word, like the supernatural stuff, listen, I'm going to give you my personal opinion of the famine. I think the Bible will just go away. I personally think that the believers here that will be left behind will be filled with the Holy Spirit, like the two witnesses. And they will just be preaching the, the words of Christ. And the two witnesses aren't up there reading the Bible. They're up there preaching. So... I think the people when when we when the rapture happens, it really is going to be a cold, dark time because I don't believe that some I don't believe Mr. Jones next door is going to be able to go home and open the Bible and know exactly what he's got to do, because the apostles back then and the people that were waiting on Christ, they they had some idea what was going to happen. But I don't think we know everything that's going to happen. He gives us ideas, things coming upon the earth. Well, what does that mean? Is that UFOs? Is that a 500-foot tsunami? Uh, is it all of the above? So I think that once we're gone, I think all of it goes with it until, you know, mm-hmm. the tribulation saints are doing their job. Well, well Romans through Thilemon ain't going to help them out really a whole lot now, will it? <laughs> because that will be the gospel of grace. And, of course, uh, you know, there, there's some truth to that, I believe, Joe, because the gospel is going to be preached by an angel in the heavens, according right. to Revelation chapter Good 14. Point, so the everlasting gospel is kind of a, a new concept. It's an old concept, but it's brought back and it's, it's re-revealed again. And yes, I think that people may find some Bibles maybe somewhere. They haven't burned them all by that point. But these Revelation, the Revelation 14 angel, whether it's going to be angels be it as it may, he's going to preach a very simple gospel. Mm-hmm. Believe in Jesus Christ. Do not take the mark of the beast. Do not worship worship the image. If you have to die denying that image, then you'll go to heaven. If you take that image, you put it in your right hand, your forehead, if you worship the image, you're going to go to hell. Plain simple. Done. Super easy. Okay? He's going to make it really clear to everybody. And evidently, that Revelation 14 angel is not going to be sitting there reading the Bible, going to show everybody the Bible. He's not going to be right. doing that. But I believe that the Bibles will be there um, for the Well, like I said, the most of them are going to be burned. I think they have a system where they're going to deal with that. But I think for the first three and a half years, probably those Bibles are going to be done away with. You know what I'm saying? Something has got to happen. Otherwise, how do you get the famine? Unfortunately. Because mm-hmm. the people are, because it says the people are going to be searching for the word, and they won't be able to find it. They're going it's, everywhere looking for it. It's a hot commodity. Like they're looking for answers. Exactly. Like they're what going is going on them. that they're traveling and looking for? Like they're looking for water. If people are looking for it now, think about how it's going to be then. I mean, right. you know, because because they they can come to uptime on YouTube <laughs> and, right. Right? and they can see right. us every Tuesday talking about this. But but there will be a, 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 a Tuesday, Greg, in the f- future that there will be no uptime because right. we will be uptimed. <laughs> <It'll> be <laughs> uptime. Exactly. Hey, uh, 
Hey, Greg, let me throw out a uh, something really extraordinary happened here in the comments section with, with one of the subscribers mm-hmm. during the show here. This is from <laughs> the End Times Wake Up. said, Brother Bob, uh, I fell asleep while listening to this live stream, and I seen the angel like he was waiting for a signal to carry on. So he's basically, the angel's like, okay, are we going to keep going here, or are we going to pull the trigger? What are we going to do here, Lord? So, yeah, I feel, I, I sense it in the air now. There's a big change coming that's good on our behalf, but I think everybody here and people who are not even believers can sense that there's a big change coming on the earth that's not good <laughs> on their behalf. You see what I'm saying? So we have both of those things happening at the same time. What do you think, Bill? I think both of them are happening at the same time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have, uh, I always try to keep a positive aspect about everything, Bob. And um, I, I feel um, pretty much the same as, um, um, I, I'm getting the names, but uh, uh, when he's, I'm sorry, he's next to you, Greg, and uh, in, in my in my uh, anyway, I, I, I agree a lot with you. Know what, in the yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 right. It's Joe. Yeah, Joe. yeah. What's your name again? Joe. Joe. I agree with Joe a lot, and uh, uh, I really think that um, yeah. I I don't I don't like thinking about the end. I don't like thinking about um, you know. I, I I will be the one that keeps trying to push for uh, make things go right, even though that, you know, I, I just have faith in God and faith that I, that everything is going to go right for me and I'm going to push it and I'll pass the word. I'll do whatever I can. And uh, but I have a lot of faith in the Lord. I, I you know, I, I know you guys uh, I'm listening and, um, you know, I always I always reserve everything. I always listen to everything and assess. And and you guys are like, I really love listening to you because you you guys are all, you know, I, I agree with almost 99% of everything you say. Um, the, At least not a hundred. No, I always, I always leave that 1%. No, if it was a hundred, that'd be scary. That'd be too much. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. think, I don't think all of us agree with each other a hundred percent either. Right. No, no. But you know what? That's okay. That's all right. You know, this is my first time here and uh, and and listening to everybody and what what you have to say. And um, well, we brought on people that we've only agreed with them about five percent. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of chased them off the chased them off the show. <laughs> hey, where you go? You don't need to leave right now. No, it's too it's so <laughs> Oh, I gotta go. Bye, bye. I'm like, hey, this big right, right, right. I'm like, right. even people that we agree like twenty percent, we still invite back for a second time. <laughs> So the fact is, ninety nine percent is actually a pretty good, pretty good percentage there. Right, right, right. So I apologize for not remembering your name, Joe. That's fine, though. It's fine. Well, you know one thing we all can agree on is Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is the truth and the way and life. No one comes to the Father but through Him, the Lamb of God that come to come to take away the sins of the world. John three sixteen. It's just, um, and the fact now that we are at the end of this age, and like I said before, America, I, I, I'm just going to keep repeating that we can't wait. The way things, I, I watch this stuff all the time. I know a lot. Some of you guys don't want to watch that. I know 
Greg always said that he leaves that stuff up to me and Kevin to look at, you know, but I watch all this stuff and I watch the statistics and I watch where the, uh, where, 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 where all the uh, product movement is going and what's going on through governments. I watch it, all that stuff detailed all the time. And I'll tell you what we, if, when they said that we are going to be out of everything by this fall, they are actually lying because I think we'll be out this summer. Mm. I think we're going to be done in July. I think mm. that's what they, they, I think they meant that they don't want to try. Like, if they're being honest, you know, if they say, okay, we're going to be out of food by the end of June. Oh, that would cause panic. Yeah. But if you say, oh, it's September. Oh, that's, that's far away. Yeah. Yeah. Even Biden said that. I, said, well, I told my wife, if Biden says that, he's a liar. Always a liar. So if he says that, just assume it's going to be July. <laughs> you know, it's true. So, so we're at that point now. We are uh, America is just about finished, and like I said, America right now is is a gauge for the age of grace. Now, Israel is going to be the eye of the storm during the seven year tribulation. Okay, that's where the eye of the storm is going to be. Israel. Okay, it's going to be bad everywhere, but the eye of the storm is going to be in Israel. Because that's why that's why the Bible calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. Mm. Okay, it's his trouble. All right, and the fact that they got the, the seven trumpets that will be coming in 2025, starting in the spring of 2025, according to my timeline, um, completely wipes out the Western nations, third third part of the crust of the earth that the Bible talks about. You know, it's it's, it's no surprise to me now that we're seeing this systematic. You know, systematic decay, right, Kevin? Is well, everything became breaking down to a point where we're just about done, and the guy's like, "You're done," and all of a sudden, fire. Gone. Well, that'd be amazing if it actually is 2025, because that would put the United States at 249 years, which is one one year short of like how long a republic lasts is 250. I, I mean, that would be pretty amazing to actually be that timing. Mm-hmm. Consider, because, I mean, how, how can you plan that out where you, you get the United States basically declaring independence in 1776 and throughout history, republics only last about 250 years as, as a solvent republic and put 250 years plus that makes it 2026, which is right in that window of time, Bob, that you're talking about for that last that that basically that last Shemitah before the, the, the second coming. Right. And the fact is, right now, like I said, this nation, we cannot sustain an operating nation into the fall. We can't. But it just so happens, though, that the next seven-year cycle is what I'm predicting will be the seven-year tribulation cycle, according to my research. So, Hmm. yeah, the fact that all that is happening before that seven-year cycle begins... And now we have here in June. And didn't I say that back in like in February? Then we say that June will probably be like the, the ideal time because of Pentecost, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. now we have some. We have people here that that watch the signs in the heavens that they're even better than I am. Yeah, and they're calling out dates now. The people, that's, and that's a cardinal sin for Christians to call out dates of the rapture. But these guys, these guys don't care. They're calling out dates now. I mean, they're getting bold now. You know, even um, even uh, Elijah was bold. He said, "I'm about to go home here. What do you got to talk about, Elijah? Well, you got to leave me your, got to leave me your mantle. You got to leave me something. Want me that to is leave true. People? 
He's like, well, I'm getting ready to go here pretty soon. So Elijah was very bold because he knew right. that time was at hand. So I think it's going to be the same for us, being the body of Christ, all of us believers. We're going to be like, you know what? You know, cancel the trip next week. Just cancel it. Uh, you should probably stay home. Um, you, you'll start getting to that point. You'll start, you know, it hasn't happened quite yet, but I think the time is coming where we'll start, you know, we'll start feeling like, you know, Bob's going to be next week. And I think we'll all be in agreement. Yeah, it's going to be next week. It's going to be next Tuesday. And then when the day comes, I think that we're all going to be like, okay, I just saw like six angels in the sky. Someone's <laughs> hanging out in my house right now. His name is Bill, just like my neighbor. <laughs> you know? You're it's a like good company. a lot kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to get out now because uh, we're, we're, we're going now. You know, it's like, don't, don't look back. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's, that's an interesting thought. I do, I do think that people are um, are sensing that we're getting closer and closer and that it's not going to be sustainable for too much longer at this pace. Um, we definitely see this whole thing ramping up. I mean, it is, it is going on uh, at high speed right now in terms of things that are, that are occurring in this world that are basically like every day, just showing that we're going deeper down. Like, like things are not looking up. Okay. There, things are no. not, not looking, like, looking up. Yeah, I mean, we're looking up, right? And, and and that's and that's the interesting part is that the the believers in Christ are now all focused upward. Um, you know, up time. I mean, that's what we're focused now. Instead of like thinking, like you were saying before, Bob is like, how can we fix this problem here? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not fixable. It's not. <laughs> so you know. No. What are we going to do to be able to do that? We can't. So all we got to do is get as many people as we can to come and get their lamps full, right? Well, it's like, you know, that's perfect, perfect, perfect way to say it. We can't fix this no more. Why is this so broken? Why is this? This is like worse it's ever been, okay? We have the dumbest president in the history of this nation. You can take all of our presidents, put them together in the same pool, and he will be dumber than all of them combined. Hit it, Craig. That bad. Come on, man. Better believe it, buddy. Okay. <laughs> but the fact that that's happening to us right now, and the supply chains are destroyed, and, you know, everything that's happening right now, yes, you said we can't fix it, Kevin. This is this is beyond fixing. Okay, so what do we make of this? Well, according to the book of Revelation, uh, the first, second, third, and fourth seal involves horsemen that, kind of resemble what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a perfect situation for these horsemen to show up now. You know, like the whole, like the whole uh, analogy I give where the bowling pins are the uh, the way things are set up here in this world, and the four horsemen are the bowling ball. And they come down the lane and hit it. It's chaos. Absolute chaos. They make a bad situation worse. Okay? And the fact that we're set up right now with no way back, $8 a gallon. When the truck driver said when it reaches $8 a gallon, there's no way back. And we went past that. Okay, Uh, we can't come back from that now. We're already past the point of the 100% 100 figure regarding our our, uh, debt versus our uh, gross gross national product, our GMP. We're already Mm -hmm. past that point. We're actually in the like 117 to 135% range where 
if you recall back in 2009, Greece went through all those austerity measures and they had all those protests and they're like, all your entitlements are going to be taken away from you. That hasn't happened yet here, but we're in that same range. So that is going to happen sooner. And think, and like I said last week, think of after the rapture, when you don't have all that tax income, I'm sorry, guys, but I pay taxes and I know you do too. And Bill, I'm sure you do too. Like oh, yeah. we're, we're taxpayers. We don't, we don't live off the land. We don't live off the government. We don't receive government benefits uh, for, for, for nothing. We pay for those things and we hardly use any of those government benefits, by the way, we're paying pretty much for everybody else to use them. And we're all going to be out of here. And we're not the only five that are going to leave. <laughs> so yeah. consider all the other millions of people that are taxpaying people as well. They're not going to have income, Bob. They're, they're no. not going to have the tax income that they had before. Uh, I'm telling you that you think it's bad now. Just wait until until after the rapture. This economy is going to implode upon itself very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they. What I was saying before about uh, 60 minutes. Powell said he was asked the question, "Where do you get the money from?" And he says, "Well, we create it digitally." <laughs> so I don't know what more any American needs to hear for them to realize that you, you your money's not backed by anything. There's nothing backing. So when the rapture happens, they won't care about the taxes. When the rapture happens, they'll just create the new system. And when the exactly, and when the rapture happens, the the videos. <laughs> The videos that Bob has received and the one that I had myself about the helicopter landing in D.C. and what looked to be Chinese soldiers coming out and looking for people, they're just going to come here and take the land for the food and the people for whatever reason. The people that saw themselves in concentration camps with the blue hats and the Chinese working together, Bob, how many videos have we seen of that? America, see, the problem is America, and I was raised this way too, especially like, you know, seeing the comeback story, you know, everything from watching Rocky to John Wayne. We, when we picture the Antichrist, we picture him like the way we've been trained. At least if, you know, if you're not a believer, this is what you may know. We picture him ruling from Manhattan in a big skyscraper ruling the world. But what, the way it's really going to be is that he's going to probably rule from the Middle East. America won't be here. And they're going to come here just to split up the land, take the food and the people. And people have had multiple hundreds, if not thousands of visions of an invasion. But the invasion isn't going to be for us. It's going to be for the people left behind. Mm -hmm. And it's just not going to happen. They can't. I I don't believe that they could ever come in an invasion while we're still here. We'll be the ones that actually fight. there's, There's a lot of us. So I think that when the rapture happens, America is not – we're just trained to think that we're the center of the universe because we're such a, an amazing country. But this story has nothing to do with us, like Bob said. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with us. This has to do with Asia, uh, Israel, all those people over there, Gog, Magog. America is far from that, and, and it's going to be over here as soon as the rapture happens. They're going to come in. They're going to take the wheat fields. They're going to take the oil, the energy, the technology, and they're going to take the people. And, I, you know, I confidently can say that because people have had visions of that happening. There's no visions of us invading other countries. Mm-mm. 
but just think of all the but think of all the people that are going to come to Christ after the rapture that live over there. Oh yeah, I mean, India and China alone will be well well over a billion people. I mean, when that system comes out, it's perfect. They don't. If it's a digital dollar, it literally means nothing. You might as well just throw out the piece of paper. Because once the rapture happens, there's no more money, and they can just turn on a new system in a matter of days. Yeah, that's right? a hand of restraint. We're, rest- we're, we're we are restraining that whole thing from happening right now. And the gold so, being thrown in the streets, Bob. Gold will be yeah. worthless. So what does that tell you? Even so much more over there, the people who are Christians and that are believers that are going to be raptured. Even so much more over there, are, they're going to be noticed that they're gone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Consider the consider the percentage of people that are actual believers over there in those countries. It's not very high. It might be higher than some people think, but but it's not very high. Although we're doing our best, aren't we, Bob? And everybody mm-hmm. who supports Feed My Sheep today is doing our best to get the word out. But at the same time, when those people leave, the people that live around them are going to recognize that those people were Christian. They were believers. They believed in Christ, and they're gone, and we're still here. Right. I mean, that's that, that's got to be probably one of the one of the biggest reasons why people ultimately are going to come to the faith after that is that they're going to realize that no matter what the government or who else is saying this or that, they're going to know that those people left and that they they left. And it's not a coincidence that they were that every group that left were believers in Christ. And on top of all that, people that don't people, I still get people that argue with me about the pre-tribulation rapture. You know, first of all, if we're all still here and the Revelation 14 angel starts preaching, preaching the <laughs> gospel, I'm like, that gospel is not for me because I'm saved on this current gospel. And according to Romans 8, 10, verse 11, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of Jesus from the dead that dwell within you, that he will raise, he was raised up from the dead and shall quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth within you. Okay, so the spirit that dwelleth within me gets activated for the rapture resurrection at the trumpet call uh, at 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. When mm. that trumpet goes off, it turns on my Holy Spirit, and we go into immortal mode. Okay, mm-hmm. that's just the way God closed out the age of grace. So if, we know that's the case, but... If uh, Revelation 14 angel starts preaching, I'm like, hold on a second. I haven't received the, the, the completion of my gift yet of the of the redemption according to Ephesians 4.30. Mm-hmm. I'll see it until the day of redemption. Where is that at? Well, the Revelation 14 angel is like, well, now the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell within you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay. I was like, well, the Holy Spirit indwells within me. So I'm different than these people you're preaching to. So w- what do we do here? And what's the Revelation 14 angel going to say? Well, I don't know, but I got my own gospel. I got to preach. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, you'll get, you'll get somebody to tell you, Bob, that the yeah. Antichrist is here and that the restrainer has been removed and that the restrainer yeah. is the Holy Spirit and it's been removed from within you. So now you no longer have the Holy Spirit, Bob, okay. but you're still here and the Antichrist is in power and now you're being told a different gospel. That, right. that that sounds really confusing to me, and I don't. I, I really don't feel like God's appointed us to that kind of confusion and wrath, basically. And that'll make him an Indian giver too. He'll yeah. give you the gift, 
And the Bible is even clear that he'll continue that work in you until the day of our redemption. He'll continue that work in you. Okay. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and we are removed at the rapture resurrection event, which, by the way, is a hot, June is a hot month, everybody. Close out with that. June is a hot, hot month for a lot of things to happen. How's the, how's the, the, How's the Antichrist going to be on the scene without the restrainer being removed? The Bible clearly states the restrainer is removed first, is it mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we're still here and we're not, and then we're, and if we're not the restrainer, then what is the restrainer being what is? in order for the Antichrist to come onto the scene? Is that the Holy right. Spirit? If that's the case and we're still here and the Holy Spirit is gone, are we no longer indwelled by the Holy Spirit? Right. Yeah. One ties in the other. Mm-hmm. It, it just it's, it's, you you lose the logic at that point. You 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 you. you so the people who say that, Bob, they, they're just they don't have a logical reasoning and a sound mind. And the reason why they don't is because they're actually not rooted in the Word. They'll tell you that the Rapture doesn't exist, and then yet the verses today from Bible Gateway there, Greg, clearly state that a Rapture does exist in the Bible. That's not mm-hmm. made up by some woman in the eighteen twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first, you know, First Thessalonians one ten, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So mm-hmm. we're waiting for Jesus from heaven, right, to come to us that delivers us from the seventy tribulation of God's wrath. Yeah, what is that? Well, go to go to First Thessalonians four sixteen seventeen. Go to First Corinthians fifteen 50, verses fifty one fifty three. Mm-hmm. The rapture resurrection. Okay, so the pre-tribulation rapture is the is how it's going to go down. That's the only way that makes sense to me. Bill, I, I have a question for Bill. Bill, do, in in your daily walk or over the years, have you seen an increase in people being knowledgeable about the rapture, or is it something that is still um, below and the I, radar? I have not heard anything about the rapture. Nothing. This is the first I've heard of it. Wow, that's good news for you then. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in, in, in all of your years of of uh, of uh, being in the ministry, this is the first you're hearing of it. Well, I actually haven't been in the ministry other than you know just knowing the Lord in my heart and right. uh, you know telling my story and uh, helping people uh, understand. A lot of people just need to understand what life is all about, and that's where where I come in is like. Uh, I cherish every single day because I should have died in 1967. I should have died. I shouldn't be here right now. So I thank the Lord for every single day. So, you know, I, I have a different uh, thing going than you guys. No, have. no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I in any way, shape or form. What I'm saying is I always ask people that question because um, it kind of gives us a gauge of what's going on and what, you know, what, what's going on within the communities and who's talking about it. And your answer doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because we could talk to a lot of people, and they have no idea. And uh, yeah. you know, a lot of us here on the panel, maybe five, ten, fifteen. You know, for me, I, I went. I mean, the rapture to me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I had my first rapture dream in 2020, and I had no idea what happened. I always, I always, I knew about warfare. I knew about the devil because. Growing up, you know, I was around a lot of different types of people and I knew 
good and evil. That's all I knew, right? So when I started getting my rapture dreams in 2020, I didn't have a base for the rapture. And then I started looking into it, like, what's going on? And then it all clicked. So, like, God gave me the blessing as well as not being so well-versed in it. But then the Holy Spirit did his job like it always does for me and started showing me things. And then that's when I found out and I said, whoa, 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 there is a lot here I don't know. And it forced me to to get into the book and, and look at it differently. But I asked that question because it really is something that is a mystery. Even to people today, they, it's just something that's a mystery. And, you know, when Paul talks about that, <laughs> it, you know, we Isn't see it. It's amazing that that's the verse of the day, right? Right. right. The, the day that, mm-hmm. that Bill comes on, that that's the verse of the day. So that. Yeah, right. He gets introduced right. to it right away, and then yeah, we talk about it. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, but God God works like that, right? So Amen. this is a mystery that's being revealed to Bill for the first time today. Pretty pretty awesome. Amen. Yeah. Amazing. Bill, Bill, we thank you for coming on. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, but, um, of course, we thank you for your service. Uh, you know, we, we don't know where we're going to be uh, next week. We don't know what the future really holds. We do to an extent, obviously, because we have God's Word. Um, so, you know, listen, we're, this was, this was great. Great to have you on Bob. Great, uh, Thank suggestion you. to have your, your, your friend come on with us. Um, so yeah, listen, Lord willing, you know, if, if we come back next week, um, we'll be back out full force, um, preaching the word, um, studying, uh, just, you know, fellowship, having all of this again, you know, um, we need this, you know, we do need this. Um, I do anyway. I don't know about you guys, but I'm yeah, sure yeah. you do as well. And uh, and there's a number of people on the uh, the chat too who, of course, uh, express you know how much they uh, they find this to be a blessing, and that that's great. That's a blessing to us. You're a blessing to us. And uh, apologies for not being able to get to uh, questions tonight. Sometimes that happens when we have a guest mm-hmm. on, but uh, maybe we can get to them next week. Lord willing, um, hey. I'm going to end this with an outro of. Uh, a trailer, book trailer of Bill's book. Yeah. All right. Oh. And, Bill, thank uh, you for your service. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, guys. It's great to meet you. you. God bless you. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Yep. It means a lot to God me. Bless you. Thank you. Charlie 3, Charlie 6. 3, go ahead. 3, what's your position and status? We're three clicks to the north of Little Valley, and we have heavy movement to our north direct. Six, we have heavy contact, and they're all around us. This Memorial Day, we invite you to take an experiential audiobook journey to honor the sacrifices of those who served in the Vietnam War. After more than 50 years of holding everything in, Marine veteran William V. Taylor Jr. shares a gut-wrenching and heartwarming story that could never have been told until now.
His number one best-selling memoir has been hailed as one of the best and most important news stories ever written about the Vietnam War. On full automatic, surviving 13 months in Vietnam. More than any other story, it makes you feel what it really felt like to be there. To love and to lose. Now available on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon.